Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. That is an unfortunate, unfortunate clip that I'm sure we'll keep. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We are joined now by the great Swagoo. It is Marcus Spears, ESPN NFL analyst. Of course, countdown tonight. Marcus, let's start with the Ravens-Lions yesterday in an absolute beatdown. So what was your biggest takeaway from that Baltimore performance and also that Detroit performance? Yeah, I'm a... um... A little unconventional because I know, you know, we love talking about quarterbacks and wide receivers and points put on the board. The Ravens' offensive line, to me, was the most impressive unit in that game. And I'm not, you know, obviously they extended, um, Lamar extended a play for nine seconds. But when you, when I looked at the run game and how well they got that going, let me say O-line and Todd Martin. And it finally felt like it clicked, right, fellas? Like that offense that we've been waiting to see for the Baltimore Ravens, it felt like it clicked. And coincidentally, it starts with the big fellas up front. They were really good in gap blocks and duo blocks and protection of Lamar. Lamar understood when he needed to evade the pocket. There was no panic because of how well those guys were doing. And then when you get to the outside, I mean, the Ravens are still um, – you know, we talked about how spread out they would be and the things that they would do. They still – want to line down and, and punish people in the run game. And that's what I took from it, man. If they if that element of their offense is going with what Lamar can do from play extension-wise and also if he's going to be consistent precision passing and, and you know, it, it that's scary for a lot of people. Um, for him to only have to use his Superman ability um, in critical moments instead of having it having to be the reason why – they are either in games um, for the long haul. It was just a great performance yesterday, but that offensive line was phenomenal. Marcus, I love watching the Ravens. Big John Harbaugh fan. I love what they're about. I want to see him do well in the postseason. The thing I can't yes, get out of my mind is, as good as they looked against Detroit, we're only a few weeks away from that dud against Pittsburgh. As good as they've looked at times, we're not that far removed from that dud against the Colts. And I just go back to thinking that if you're going to win a Super Bowl, you're going to have to win a yep. minimum of three, if not four games against playoff teams. And that's been the mm-hmm. thing that's gotten the Ravens over the years, the consistency and the ability to put it together week in and week out. What would make me believe this year's team is different? Um, nothing. But I think it's hard when you're trying to project that. I deal with that with the Cowboys every year. Um Every situation is a new one, man. I think when you approach, like as a player, from a player perspective, when you pr- approach a season, season, whether it was a successful season last year or you didn't get what you wanted or you didn't feel like you played to whatever whatever level you should have, you got to approach it anew. And I think I think what, what would give me solace as a Ravens fan is how multiple we are now offensively. 
right? Like, we know this league, eventually you're going to have to score points. It had the ability to put 40 on the board. Your defense was absolutely solid. But some games just, you know, that those things turn into that. And I think the way that they can play now, as opposed to being a one-dimensional football team like they were, it was it was two-dimensional. It was either we're going to run the football with Bax and Lamar or we're going to throw it to Mark Andrews. That was it. That's all you had to do to stop the Ravens from an offensive standpoint. I don't think that's the case anymore. And I think what you see now is a team that's kind of starting to figure out the newness of what they're doing offensively, which could carry them in a lot of those games where they didn't have a tremendous amount of success. So we'll see, man. I mean, before this week, Detroit was the best the Super Bowl favorites. Y'all ain't here? Everybody talking about that? <laughs> that the Lions was, was – and, and they got dismantled. So, I, you know, and even with the Lions, you take these weeks – you go back and you assess and you figure out what got you or what you did well, and you try to move forward. The Lions are going to play really good football. Um, <clears throat> some more games this year. The Ravens might not look as good as they look against the Lions, but I think both of these teams' philosophies travel. And I think the Ravens now are in a situation offensively where they can be multiple and say we can be as explosive with anybody else without Lamar Legs being involved. Swagoo, Marcus Spears, joining us, ESPN NFL analyst, and of course, Monday Night Countdown tonight, 6 p.m. Eastern at Swagoo, Ryan Clark, RG3, Adam Schefter, Scott Van Pelt. All right, what is your takeaway from the Dolphins last night? They, They haven't beaten a good team yet. It's been all against all these teams that are not very good. So am I an idiot for saying that the Dolphins might be paper tigers right now? Not right now. I mean, that's what their season says. Uh, the two teams that they faced that were physical, and we saw a difference in physicality, <laughs> it didn't turn out well for them. Um, look, man, this offense, now, with that being said, they missed some opportunities, obviously, to hold the call and the touchdown. You know, these games are always closer than what you really think they are, except for the Ravens Lions yesterday. Um, but I, I think when it comes to Miami, they have to figure out, right, that other part of what they need to be in order to have sustainability and win, and that's continuous physicality when you need to have it. Like, they couldn't get the run game going against Philly, and when you turn one-dimensional in this league, I don't care who you got on the outside, especially with those rushers up front that Philly has, you're going to be in a, you, you're gonna have a lot of problems. So I think that's a big part of it, man. And then the other thing for Miami is, and I – this is something we've been watching closely. I've been talking to Dan and asking him questions about it. It seems like it's so out of sync when Tua can't get rid of the ball fast and off his first read. Now, I mean, you know, that's X's and O's into the football weeds, but it seems like everything goes downhill when he's not having that ability to just give a play fake and rip it. Um, they're going to have to figure out how to get that fixed. But right now, you would be fair in your assessment in saying that they paper Tigers because they hadn't beat teams that, you know, they stare across the line of scrimmage and they have extraordinary things about them as well. Buffalo, it was – that defense was elite. Now they suffered a lot of injuries, so they're not the same. And then you look at Philly and that defense and that front seven especially and how they played and were able to get after them, and they haven't responded to that in the two times that they've been faced with it. So, yeah, there's an issue there. Uh, but, like I said, you – you you determine your identity as this thing goes along, and I'm sure physicality is going to be preached, the ability to want to run the football when you're in those type of situations. 
And then too, like we have to we have to be able to extend plays beyond just dropping it off to Tyreek and Jalen Waddle when they open. Tua's gonna have to make some magic at some times. Let's stick in the AFC East. You mentioned the Bills, four and three now after losing to New England over the weekend. Four and three is the record, yeah. but I'm scoring it as four very unimpressive performances because that win over the Giants did not look good at all. And then I've got three yeah. relatively impressive performances against teams like the Raiders and Commanders who they blew out. What's the concern level here? Because, Marcus, this team does not look like the team we remember from the last couple of years. Yeah, the Bills are that potential child. Y'all know what it is, like, they are that child that everybody say, man, they look at, look how good they look. They tall, they fast, they can jump, they can run. They got a pretty release when they come out their hand in basketball. But they only average five points a game. <laughs> like, what, what, what is the problem? Um, and then they give you a game where they go, where, where he go off for of thirty-five or forty, and have ten boards and and, and looks dominant. That's their biggest problem, man. The Jekyll and Hyde of, of Buffalo is their issue because we've seen them play at an elite level. Obviously, when they played Miami, they looked as good as anybody in the league. And then we get performances like the Giants and obviously against New England. Um, I don't know, but it's very frustrating. And I'm sure it's frustrating for as much as Bills Mafia supports this team and they curse you out on Twitter when you say something bad about Josh Allen or you tell the truth about their team when they don't perform well, it's got to be a little bit of frustration seeing this team go up and down like like they have been. And even in some wins, like you said, against New York, nobody felt good about the Bills after that. Um, so I don't know, man. I mean, I know Ken Dorsey needs to figure out a way to, to make sure that that, that run game is prevalent. Um, Dan talks about this all the time. We're putting Josh Allen on the center to give people more things to think about. All of that football stuff, but from a, a mentality standpoint, you don't know what you're going to get with Buffalo week in and week out. And that's kind of the worst type of team to be. You need to either suck or you need to be consistent. But their inconsistency gives everybody pause about what they can do. Marcus, part of it feels like, and I obviously don't have a, a any sort of level of expertise, but when I watch Josh Allen, he looks like he's in between. He doesn't want to run anymore, so he's kind of not forcing throws, but – string out to play as long as he can to try to throw the ball. So that's taking yeah. away a weapon of his. And then secondly, he hears, he hears all about making the mistakes and turning the ball over. So now he looks a little bit in between there. And how do you evaluate that? Is that something that appears to be the case with Allen at the moment? Well, I'll tell you this, Carl. I'll tell you this. He got $250 million. He better figure it the hell out. <laughs> Thank Whatever you. Do. I don't want to hear – that my quarterback is in between after we even gave him a quarter of a billion dollars to play the position. Hey, man, if you got to run it to win games, run it. I know what people are saying, but if that's what you need to do, take off and go, right? This is about trying to win a championship for Buffalo. We're not talking about them winning games or winning a division. We, we, we are, can you win a Super Bowl? Can you win a championship? And that's the hardest part about, about Josh Allen. You see him play at these such high levels. And then you see Duds. And yesterday wasn't horrible. I'm not going to put that loss on him. The interception was was terrible that he threw early in the game. But obviously he does what he do does all the time. Came back, made some plays, made some throws, um, showed you know again the kid with potential, right? Like, but we can't we can't continue to disregard. 
that Josh Allen has 90 turnovers, bro. Like, <laughs> that is that is crazy um, when you're trying to win a championship. And coincidentally, the dude that wins them in Kansas City, he don't turn it over much. Or teams that, like, it's just, it's, it's, it's such a head scratcher, but that part about being in between, you almost piss me off. Hey, man, you better go figure it out. We can get you all this damn money. Well, I'll tell you what, this this has been a very satisfying segment for me personally, Marcus, because there are oftentimes I feel like I might be a moron, and in this particular case, it doesn't feel like I was. So thank you for No, that. no, not at all, brother. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Swagoo, Monday Night Countdown, Ryan Clark, RG3, Adam Schefter, SVP, and Marcus Spears. We appreciate it, man. Thank you. Always, fellas. Appreciate it, man. Y'all have a go. Fall into a hiring spree with Indeed. Their end-to-end hiring solution makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates. Sponsor a job and instantly receive a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. I got an idea in the middle of that segment for a new segment for our show. And it's called, Am I a Moron? Am I a Moron for Thinking (laughs) X? Am I a moron for a moron for thinking why? I, maybe so. Maybe there's something there. Even though most of the time the answer is yes, regardless of whatever that statement is. Yes, I like no, it. not buying it. I can get behind I, that segment. I, I, I kind of think you're humoring me right now. Carlin versus Joe, <laughs> ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Public enemy number one is a group of people that we all love to bash. And we'll do it next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Not a good weekend. Not a good weekend at all. One in four on our picks, which really stings because the first one out of the gate won, and then we lost four in a row. So down 3.55 units for the weekend. Overall, the show is 45, 41, and one down 1.03 units. So we got to get back into the black here. 
three baseball props for you today, or three baseball bets, I should say. The first two are very simple. Phillies on the run line for the game, which means they need to win by two or more runs. That's plus 115. We're also going to play the Phillies on the run line for the first five innings. That's plus 140. Very simple. The Phillies at home in the playoffs over the last couple years, absolute wagon from an offensive perspective. They're going to go with Aaron Nola today, who's been very good this postseason. I think they come home from everything that happened in Arizona. Huge game five win, and they put it on the Diamondbacks, winning by two or more runs and also leading by two or more runs after the first five innings. In addition, we're going to go to Texas and Houston. Not sure what to do here. Certainly not going to bet against my man Carlin, who's a Rangers fan. So we'll play a prop. Jordan Alvarez over half a walk. It's minus 105. I mean, good God, Texas. Can you avoid this guy? You keep pitching to him, and he keeps burning you. Like, I've been playing this prop, and I am stunned at Texas's willingness to put pitches in the strike zone against this guy, only for him to continue mashing them and driving in runs. It's like the Rangers haven't figured this out yet. So we're going to play Alvarez over half a walk at minus 105. Phillies run line first five innings plus 140. Phillies run line for the game plus 115. You could just taste a win. It tastes so good. Until one player lets you down. Don't believe the high. Don't, 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 don't believe the high. This is public enemy number one. You think you had a bad weekend on your picks? Public enemy number one? Officials, they had a brutal weekend in college and in the NFL. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Joseph, let's start with Saturday. Iowa, Minnesota, a barn burner at 12-10. That was the final 12-10, but... Let me throw this in there real quick. The total for that game was 30 and a half points. It was the lowest total since the year 2000. Oh, my goodness. So you shouldn't be shocked you got a low-scoring affair. Oh, I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked at all. (laughs) But it it could have been 16 or 17 to 12. Why? Or it should have been. Cooper DeGene, an outstanding defensive back for Iowa, also returns punts. And late in the game, Minnesota punts it away. DeGene fields it on the sideline, starts running it back, takes it back for an Iowa touchdown. Really, the only way that Iowa can score, other than maybe a safety or a pick six. That's how bad their offense is and how good their defense is. The touchdown gets waved off the board because they say he called a fair catch. And DeGene could not believe it. I've seen the replay 10 times. I don't know where that was supposedly called. Oh, I see it exactly the opposite. I don't know why this is so controversial. His one, his left hand, if I, me, if I remember this correctly, yeah. as he's running towards the ball, he's pointing to a defender with his right hand. He's trying to point to someone mm-hmm. to go throw a block. But with his left hand, he's also waving it wildly. Now, I don't think what he's doing is indicating a fair catch. But when you just, what's the word? Gesticulate? Just, gesticulate? Gesticulate. Gesticulate. We got there. When you gesticulate that much on a punt return, you're going to get called for a fair catch. Like, you can't have your arms and hands moving that much and then turn around and go, what? I wasn't calling for a fair catch. That's what a fair catch is. It's waving your hands and arms But it's got to be above your shoulder. It's got to be above sh- your shoulder. It, 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 uh, uh, I, I know. There I know. are some really bad calls out there. 
I'm sorry, I don't feel bad for Iowa in this situation. I'm not going to sit here and say this was an egregious call. His arms are waving all over the place as he's going after this ball. Maybe it wasn't above the shoulder. Refs blow it. But there are some far more egregious calls out there or missed calls out there than this one. All right, well, then let's go to Sunday. The Browns and the Colts late in that game. First down and goal after an illegal contact call that went against the Colts on a fourth down allowed them to convert it. First and goal at the eight. 38 seconds left in the game. P.J. Walker throws back right corner of the end zone for Donovan Peoples-Jones. Donovan Peoples-Jones would have basically had to have been in Illinois to have caught this football (laughs) as opposed to Indiana. The ball was that far over his head and out of bounds. Nowhere near catchable. He literally was out of bounds, and he still couldn't reach it. And they call illegal contact, or they call pass interference on the play. Awful call. Awful. This one was a terrible call. Completely agree. Understand all the gripes coming out of Indianapolis. This is like Derek Carr on Thursday night yelling at Chris Olave for not finishing the route. Finish what route? You threw the ball into the bench 20 yards over his head. Like, if he finishes the route or not, it's not going to have any impact on the play. Why are you getting so upset? But that's a different argument. This one, that ball was nowhere close to catchable terrible call at the end of the game that helped decide the outcome but a surprisingly fun game I don't think anyone looked at Browns Colts and thought this game's going to be a shootout the total was 40 and a half for crying out loud they went flying over that yeah I was I was watching that game a lot and I did not anticipate watching that game a lot yesterday (laughs) that was kind of a check-in game if you will Uh, (laughs) then you got the non-call last night face mask in the Eagles Dolphins game uh James Bradbury reached his hand out on Cedric Wilson, clearly got a good chunk of the face mask. No call through three quarters of that game, Joe. There were nine penalties called against the Dolphins, zero against the Eagles. Now, the good news is moments later uh, for the Dolphins, that is Jalen Hurts threw a pick six, kind of made up for it. Didn't the game end 10 penalties on the Dolphins, zero on the Eagles? Did it end 10 penalties, yeah, zero on the Eagles? it ended 10-nothing. I, yeah. I knew it was 9 nothing through three quarters. It was 10 nothing at the end of the game. If I'm a Dolphins fan today, I look at that and I think to myself, all right, I can't possibly expect every single call that went against us to not go against us, and I can't expect everything that was perceived to be uh, in our favor having not been acknowledged at all. I, I, you can't think like that, but you do have a legitimate gripe when it's 10 nothing. There's nowhere close to balance there. You're you telling me there's not a single flag you can throw on the Eagles. Now, there, there are flags like false start that are obvious ones, right? Like, there's delay of game. There are certain ones that there's no judgment that needs to be had. It's either an infraction or it's not. Then there's holding, which that's kind of in the eye of the beholder, but if I'm a Dolphins fan today, I've got some gripes about that. I absolutely do. Now, when you stack those gripes on top of the fact that your cornerbacks were hurt and, you know, you were banged up and the rest were against you, everyone crying about why they lost the game. Look, you lost the game. You scored 10 points offensively. Don't blame the officials and don't blame the fact that your starting corners were out. You scored 10 offensive points on the road against Philadelphia. That's where your focus should be. Because if you're worried about the officials, you're worried about the stuff that's outside your control. And then lastly... Steelers Rams end of the game fourth and one Pittsburgh at the Rams 39 Kenny Pickett runs the quarterback sneak and I use runs with air quotes when I say that because he came up the middle and it looked like he slipped and stopped short of the 38 yard line very generous spot very generous spot and they brought out the change chains measured it 
and by the nose of the football got the first down. Problem was, Rams couldn't challenge it because it was outside the two minutes, and they did not have any timeouts remaining. So this one was odd for me because I had the four afternoon games in the quad box and I had a lot of teaser action. And based on what I told you with pizza money earlier in the segment, I was chasing losses throughout the course of the weekend. So I had some other stuff. I was I'm embarrassed to say, but I had quite a bit more of my attention focused on the Seahawks game than anything else. But I was a big (laughs) Rams fan. And you know this. I laid it with the Rams last week. I really liked them. And that game looked good. And I just kind of glanced at it here and there. And then before you know it, the game got away from me and I lost. And I had to go back and reassess a bunch of what happened there because I did not see that happening. And then I know it boils down to that call, but Stafford made a lot of bad mistakes in that game. So ultimately, if you're the Rams, you point to this this call at the end and you say, oh, we got jobbed. You did plenty to put yourself in a bad situation on your own. It wasn't just the refs. Well, really, you have taken the refs and not made them public enemy. Number one, you're almost propping them up here. Well, there's a couple that I can't. I, I just I, the, the Iowa one. I can't necessarily knock them down. You're for such that. an apologist. Well, I mean, you know, what? public enemy number one. I still feel bad for everyone else out there that started Bajan Robinson or played Bajan Robinson props. <laughs> Arthur Smith, man, that is egregious. That a lot of people got jobbed because he left that illness off the injury report. To me, that's public enemy number one right there. Horrible job by him. And they you're right, the league should absolutely be looking into that one today. As the leaves change, leave the hiring to Indeed. They're all in one hiring platform. Helps you attract, interview, and hire candidates all from one place. And Indeed's interview tool lets you schedule and conduct virtual interviews right from their website. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Is one NFL team facing a quarterback controversy after paying their quarterback a boatload of cash. That's next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Enough is enough. is headed down the runway and ready for the NFL takeoff. That's right. We had part one earlier in the program, so now it's time to part two to go to part two, that is. Let's go! Steelers 24, 
Ram 17. We were just talking about the controversial spot at the end of the game yesterday. Frankly, I am very surprised that Pittsburgh went and won this game yesterday. Think about this, Joe. The Steelers are just the third team in the last 15 years to have a winning record through six games despite being outgained in every game. <laughs> it's a it's amazing. It's amazing. They're minus 24 in point differential. That minus 24 is worse than the Titans. Minus 24 puts you on par with a team like the Bears. Do you know the Bears are minus 30 in point differential? They're 2 and 5. You're minus 24 in point differential. You're 4 and 2. I got to say, no one's going to want to hear this in Pittsburgh, but you're this year's version of the Minnesota Vikings. You really are. Yeah, it really feels that way. And and that is absolutely brutal because when you look at the Rams, they deserve better, I think, yesterday. The Rams are a decent team, and they're not getting a whole lot of love here. They now fall to three and four on the year. Uh, and listen, despite the fact that you have Puka Nakua go for eight and 154 in the game yesterday. Patriots 29, Bills 25. Let's put it pretty simply. The Buffalo Bills are an embarrassment. They are four and three. They are not very good. They are not going to the playoffs. If you've been listening, we have been telling you that for quite some time. And yesterday just once again drove the point home when you let Matt Jones and the New England Patriots offense. And trust me, it's offense by definition only. Right? Not even in the spirit of offense, just in the law and rule of what offense actually is. That was awful. A terrible loss for the Bills. Here is your New England scoring output game by game through the first seven weeks of the season. 20 points, 17 points, 15 points, 3 points, 0 points, 17 points. Look out, 29 points against the Buffalo Bills, including a game-winning touchdown drive led by Mac Jones, where Buffalo converted the two-point conversion, so they were up three. So just allow a field goal and you can still try to win it in overtime? No. They're not going to stop you and win the game. They're not going to hold you to a field goal and play for overtime. They're going to let Mac Jones go all the way down the field and beat you at the end of the game. That one stinks. Giants 14, Commander 7. Joe, this was the best bad football game I've ever seen. (laughs) One of them. One of them. A couple of things here. Number one. Ron Rivera's got to go, and it's got to be sooner rather than later. They cannot protect the quarterback at all. Sam Howell got sacked six times. Do you know that Sam Howell, the least amount that he has been sacked in a game this year is four times in seven games? Four times is the least amount he's been sacked. He has been sacked 40 times this season, and the Giants found a way to get that win Despite the fact that, Joe, prior to yesterday, they had not scored a touchdown at home all season long. That is just... I mean, we could sit here all days and rattle off. Shocking. I can't believe they did this stats about the New York Giants and the way they played this season. I mean, I'm not making the case for Tyrod Taylor over Daniel Jones, but... 
Tyrod Taylor looked pretty good yesterday. He was pretty efficient. He protected the football. I mean, what are we supposed to do about this, Carlin? I don't think it's the worst call to make. And the Giants did pay him a boatload of money, Daniel Jones, this offseason. Now, they can get out after two years. But right now, they were hoping they could get out after half a season because it's not going well with Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor at least found a way yesterday to go get a win. I'm with you on that one. Seahawks 20, Cardinals 10. Kenneth Walker, 105 yards on the ground. This is a game that, frankly, I just didn't have a ton of interest in. There was uh, no DK Metcalf in the game. First time he has missed a game in his entire career. And the Cardinals are just the Cardinals. Now they are, Joe, even though they were competitive early in the year. They are what we thought they were. One and six, ironically. Yeah, that the word's going to get out on this, but because they started feisty and were competitive and won that game against Dallas, there were these great betting opportunities for against them the last few weeks because everyone was like, well, the Cardinals are feisty. They're competitive. They've been getting beat by double digits every week since. I think it's four straight double-digit losses. The secret's going to be out, so I don't know if it's going to last any further. The, the, the story of this game, and I watched every second of this because I was invested in this heavily as I was chasing losses this weekend. (laughs) Credit to the Seattle defense for winning this game because Geno Smith once again did everything he could to give it away. He, 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 I'm not accusing him of point shaving. I would never do that. But if you told me Geno Smith was point shaving the last two weeks, I wouldn't be shocked because he has been awful in the red zone. He's almost going out of his way to turn the ball over and make mistakes. He has had four turnovers over the last two games. And if it wasn't for the Seahawk defense bailing him out, they probably end up losing that game because he was abysmal, absolutely abysmal. Now I'm saying again, I'm not accusing him of point shaving. I have, I'm not suggesting it happened. I'm just drawing the analogy to show you how bad I thought he played because that's what it looked like. And if you didn't catch it in there, Joe just told you, lay the eight and a half with the Ravens out in the desert this week. Oof. Broncos 19, Packers 17. This was one of the worst, worst games I've ever seen. <laughs> Joe, I just, I, it's so painful. It's such a slog to watch the Broncos play offense. And I got to tell you, Jordan Love, Jordan Love is not the answer in Green Bay. You know, he's been around for five years. He's been uh, absorbing as much as he possibly can or four years, whatever it is. But he has just not proven to be anything special offensively for Green Bay. I have a feeling the Packers are going to be looking for their quarterback. Yeah, and when it comes to LaFleur, you got to sit there and ask yourself, okay, when he had Aaron Rodgers, he could win games, but now he's got Jordan Love, and we're not really getting a whole lot out of this, and he's supposed to be an offensive mind, and our offense isn't scoring. I'd say give it some time. Green Bay's earned itself a year of transition coming off Rodgers. No one had high expectations this year, so there's no reason to panic just yet, but it has not looked good by any stretch of the imagination. Imagination. And coming off a bye playing that team last yesterday, you should have looked a lot better than that. Well, I will give you a reason to panic on Jordan Love. How about this statistic, Joe? On passes of, in the air of 20 yards or more this season, he is 6 of 27, no touchdowns, three interceptions. I never played quarterback on the professional level, but that's not good. Eagles 31. 
Dolphins 17. Uh, the Dolphins have to stop complaining about the officiating. They didn't have a chance to win this game. The Eagles really, to me, just did a fantastic job to control this game throughout. And I still don't even feel that great about how the Eagles are playing right now. And it makes me just wonder if the Miami Dolphins are simply a paper tiger. I love Mike McDaniel, and I love the tweet thread he put out either last night or this morning highlighting all the missed calls with his assessment as to how they were wrong. I thought it was funny. I'm sure he's going to get fined for it. It's a hilarious, affable thing. But for a guy who supposedly practices stoicism and has really great lines when his team's winning, you shouldn't be necessarily focused on the officials, man. Control the things you can control. You can't control that officiating. You're on to the next week. You can control your offense, and your offense only scored 10 points last night. That's where my focus would be if I was the Dolphins this morning. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Joseph, one game left tonight. One star is in, another is out. The latest Monday Night Football next, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and on the ESPN app, Joseph, Monday Night Football. Are we ready? One second. I need to jump in real quick. I got duped by the Mike McDaniel parody account regarding what we were talking about in the last segment and the officiating. Want to go ahead and correct that right now. 100%. You know what? I'm not taking all the blame for it. I'm going to blame the officials a little bit for that, much like Dolphins fans have been doing, and I'll take maybe 40. Kidding. Kidding. Just aside. (laughs) McDaniel wasn't tweeting all that stuff out. I thought it was hilarious. The damn thing was verified, which in this day and age, I got to do more research past the verification. So that's on me. Apologies for the conversation about McDaniel's uh, tweets or alleged tweets regarding the officiating last night. That was a parody account. All right. Well, it happens to all of us at some point or another. It's really unfortunate that that is the case now, but it is. So here we are. Let's make some money. Screw it. Let's finish this. It's time to end the football week with a win. Easy money. This is Monday Night Moneymaker. I got to tell you, I'm a little bit beaten up after the last few weeks. It's been rough go. We started the season, both of us, with $100 in the bank to work with. I am down to $78.40 after my selections. Joseph is at $81.25. I was up at $110. I've gotten aggressive. 
<laughs> and frankly, it's been a mistake. I haven't been chasing it, but I've gotten aggressive. And this week, it's time to just calm everybody down, Joe. Okay. Now, how do you want to do this? Do you want to unload, get them all out there? I've got three I'm throwing out there, so I can do this and structure it however you would like. I only have one because I'm going to keep it simple this week. Okay. All right. Back to the drawing board. $6 to win five. $6 to win five over Brandon Ayuk. 74 and a half receiving yards. Okay. Brandon Ayuk has gotten six or more targets in every single game this season. Last week, Joe, he only had four catches. He had 10 targets in the game against the Browns. There's no Debo Samuel. Might think that might work against him. I think Ayuk has a good game tonight. Goes over 74 and a half yards. Okay, very nicely done. I've got three wagers for you. All of them are going to be to win $5. In the case of one, it'll be five flat because it's plus money. I'll explain all the math later. Number one, the game going under 43 and a half total points. All right. Minnesota last week scored 19 points against the Bears without Justin Jefferson. That was a Bears defense that in a 16 game stretch, including last week's game, hadn't given up, had given up more points than that in every single game. Like that was the lowest offensive output a team had against the Bears in 16 games. They're not going to do much tonight against the Niners who are in a bounce back spot off of that Cleveland loss. And with Debo out and Trent Williams hurt and McCaffrey banged up but playing, I don't think the Niner offense puts up a huge number. So under 43 and a half. Then we've got two more bets. George Kittle over four and a half receptions. George Kittle over 47 and a half receiving yards. Yes, it's National Tight End Weekend and everyone's excited about that. It's just a good matchup against the defense that loves to blitz. And when you blitz and you bring the pressure, the quarterback's got to get the ball out quickly. And that's where the tight end comes into play. So the grand total of the amount of money I'm laying, $16.45 to win $15.40. Here's the breakdown. Under 43 and a half points, 550 to win five. Kittle over 47 and a half receiving yards, risk $5.95 to win $5. Kittle over four and a half receptions, risk $5 to win 540. That's a plus money wager right there. Giddy up. And these are all pizza money wagers as well. Official pizza money wagers as well. Well, I'm on board with you tonight, Cowboy, too. I will do I will put those into my little, you know, I may avoid the parlays because, you know, after Saturday beat me up a little bit yesterday. I won't lie. A little bit, a little bit. But as you said, parlays can be trouble sometimes. A little bit, but that's okay. Shake that off. We're coming back strong tonight. We're going to get the week off on the right foot, and then we got plenty of action throughout the course of the week. We're eventually moving on to the World Series. NBA's kicking off this week, so we can get a ton of NBA prop bet action, and I can't wait for that. Betting some par, points plus assists plus rebounds. Can I interest you in some par? I like it. I like it. You can interest me. This Monday Night Preview is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Joseph, visit Progressive.com. One important note for tonight that came out, uh, I would say, probably about 90 minutes ago or so. Christian McCaffrey will play tonight 
for the San Francisco 49ers. That was tweeted out by Adam Schefter, as we said about 90 minutes ago. Christian McCaffrey will play tonight despite the oblique injury that he is dealing with. No Debo Samuel, though. Uh, as I mentioned in my Brandon Ayuk over wager, he will not play tonight dealing with the, I believe it was the shoulder injury that he suffered last week. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. A reminder that the road to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. Catch all the postseason action on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Quick thought, Game 7, Texas-Houston tonight. Game 6 for the Phillies in Arizona. I like the Phillies to handle their business. One year to the day when they finished off the Padres, I believe they will finish off the Diamondbacks. The bank will be going nuts. As for the other series, I'm not betting on Houston. I lean to Houston, but I'm not betting against the family. I would bet Jordan Alvarez over half a walk. What a series that has been, Carlin. Oh, yeah. It's just been absolutely phenomenal. I'm an emotional wreck going into tonight. Ugh. Thanks for listening to the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Carlin versus Joe weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin versus Joe podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.